Well, everyone, welcome to South Beach Church as we gather together once again online, church at home. Listen, listen, listen. Week 20. Week 20, here we are, and we're going to commit again and resolve once again and attempt once again to get into God's Word and get God's Word into us and to worship the Lord because He's worthy of our worship and because we're so needy of worship to Him because we're naturally worshipers. We're seeking stuff out every single day and maybe this is going to give me what I'm looking for and maybe this is going to finally fill me to the top. The Bible calls all the things of this world broken cisterns. That is, they have a ability, a capacity to hold something, some water, but they're broken. They leak. And no matter how many, listen, it's important. No matter how many experiences you have and how many toys you acquire, how many places you travel, it's never going to be enough. You are made with a hole in your soul. And the only person that can fill that hole in your soul is God. And God's given himself over to us. So no matter what's going on, whether it's week 20 or week 50 or week 1,000, it doesn't matter. God is the answer. Jesus is the answer for every problem you ever have. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to get into worship in just a few minutes. But I want to encourage you guys, exhort you to keep pressing in, to keep going towards the Lord. Because even though things aren't as we want them, listen, God's doing stuff right now. All over the place. Matter of fact, you might notice I'm wearing my dapper uh, duds today because I came to church to film this on Thursday night. It's about 8 p.m. right now. But before this, I was at Big Creek Park with Doug McEwen and Stephanie, and I got a chance to do their wedding just an hour or so ago, and they got married today. Congratulations, Doug McEwen. By the way, for those who know me and who know Doug, I just did Doug's wedding. That's pretty legit. Like, just think of you, you and me and three other people who know that it's, it's pretty cool. So it, Doug got married. And congratulations, Doug and Stephanie. And then last Saturday, I had another chance to do a wedding and Kat and Mike got married. Congratulations, you guys. And, and saw them come together in holy matrimony. And things are happening right now all over the place still. As a matter of fact, by way of praise report, it's Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. Duh. And the day before was Tuesday and then Monday. And Monday, Tuesday, and half of Wednesday, I, with along with the staff from South Beach Church, were in Corvallis for two and a half days. They're in phase two, and we were outside, separated by distance, and there was a pastor's conference with a couple hundred Oregon pastors and wives and elders and leaders and youth workers and worship singers, and man, it was, it was awesome. I, I say that to say this. God is still doing stuff. He's not isolated. God's not quarantined. God's not dead. Even today, it's Thursday and earlier, right around two or three o'clock, I had a guy drive through my cul-de-sac and jump out of his car. He looked just like Santa Claus. He had a big white beard and white flowing hair. And, and it was, it was, it was Larry Sorensen and Larry stopped by and I, I looked out the window and my kids came, Hey dad, some guy's here. And it was Larry. And I got a chance, man, Larry, that was such sweet fellowship today. Just spontaneous there. And we were separated by the bed of his truck. And we talked about the Lord and even today's message that I was cooking up at the time. And we prayed. Here's my point. God is doing things right now all over the place. Even in week 20. Even right now, our governor here in Oregon just gave us some bad news this week. And we're not moving forward. We're, we're moving backwards. I, mean, I don't Things don't look like they're going to get better anytime soon as far as our restrictions. And, and yet, I'm praying 
and continuing to trust God to protect us from the virus. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over my body, mind, and spirit. And I'm trusting God to also bear fruit in this time to keep doing things. I want to encourage you. There's a few things I want you to look forward to this week. Actually, today's July 26th. And later on this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, check it out. Middle schooler and high schoolers who like to play video games, there's an online video game camp. Go to campsolo.com. Net, campsolo.net and sign your kids up on there right now and know this that on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday there's going to be opportunities for your kids to play video games and also to learn about Jesus. They asked me to be the keynote speaker and so they sent down a video crew team weeks ago and we shot three different services and I drove up there a couple weeks ago to Salem and we shot more videos and it's all going to be online. You could do it at your house middle schoolers, high schoolers, campsolo.net. That's coming up this week. Also wanted to encourage the ladies to do our last Bible study this July. There's going to be a break in August and start again in September. That's this Wednesday, I believe at 10 a.m. You can email the church at southbeachchurch at gmail.com and ladies connect in that way. The Zooming uh, Bible study has been so powerful and right around anywhere from 10 to 15 ladies every Wednesday going through the five by five reading program. That's what they've been going through and, and getting nearer to the Lord as we're in the gospel of Luke and then talking about it with one another. This is another cool uh, update. I don't know how this is going to play out, but Mary and Larry Holt go to church here and Larry had this idea. He said, you know, what would be cool is at the church is if we got one of those adopt a highway programs right there by South Beach Church and the church took care of that stretch of highway. And so that's happening. And so sometime in the near future, look for updates. There's going to be an opportunity for us to get together and beautify the 101 frontage here where South Beach Church adopted the highway. That's so cool. When did that happen? Luke, when did that happen? during quarantine. Crazy stuff. Not only that, it gets better and better. Check this out. You like this Jesus is Real mug? Check that out. On this side, it says South Beach Church. We got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these printed up and we're going to give them away. Guess how much they're going to cost? Free. We're going to give them to you for free. We got these Jesus is Real bracelets right there. We got all these, I got so many Jesus is Real bracelets here. Take some of those, just a couple of those and I got, I got them all over the place. We're going to be giving those out as well. So look for dates. Here's my plan. I don't have a date yet. What I want to do is a drive through prayer where me and the other pastors are here at the church on a Sunday, for sure, a sunny Sunday, maybe not a Sunday, but a sunny day, someday. And we're going to be gathered here and we're going to be giving away cups for free to every single person that comes here and a few bracelets if you dig bracelets or you want to give them away to people. And we're going to be praying with you and singing. We also anticipate a time where we set up some stages here at the church. We're not sure when. And we invite people to drive in and park, get out of their vehicles and social distance. And we're going to have a worship night where we just praise and sing and fellowship, where we press in and we tell God how much we love him and we worship him right in the middle of what we're going through right now. I just want to encourage you guys, don't give up. You probably feel like you're being tested. And I'm just going to remind you, you are. First Peter chapter five, verse eight it says to be sober and to be vigilant and to, to be aware that we have an enemy, an adversary prowling around. And then in verses nine and, and, and afterwards, it says, and don't be deceived that this trial is happening. It's not just happening to you, but it's happening to all the brethren everywhere. We're all going through this. So if you feel tested, if you feel uh, like you're in a difficult day, you are. As a matter of fact, today's Bible study is gonna be so powerful as we look to God's word. And we look to a portion of scripture that was given to listen, a group of people that were going through a difficult day, a deep trial, a testing time. And God says, I see you. 
As a matter of fact, in the text, we're going to check, I'm going to check that. In the text, God says, I actually did this to you. Whoa. We're going to learn from that. It's coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to worship first. All the other announcements are basically the same. The young adult group is meeting on Thursdays. Celebrate Recovery is Zooming on Tuesdays with the ladies first. The ladies uh, do that at 6 p.m. And then the men are at 7.15. Guys, I would encourage you, if you feel disconnected, lost, bummed out, or maybe you feel inspired and energized, get on the CR Zoom chat and bless somebody. Get on the CR Zoom chat and be blessed by somebody. Don't, there's stuff happening right now. You got to press in. And I would just say there's a great separation happening from those who are gods, listen, and those who just, they aren't. They never were. John, when he wrote his epistles, he said they left us because they actually weren't part of us. That's pretty hardcore. There are people right now that are going to press in. You're going to find fellowship. You're going to make the most of it. You're God's kids. Okay, do that. There's ways to plug in and to make sure. Our Sunday school pastor, Bo Douglas, is sending out material for your kids to go through Sunday school things and to teach your children or the people around you and your family. You can check out the links on there as well. Pastor Rory leads a Bible study for the youth group on Thursday nights, and they're doing various programs throughout the week as well. Our life groups are still meeting. You can contact Pastor Adam Durkin or Pastor Marty Atkins and just get connected in that way. And you can also send us your email address, and we'll send you the... uh, Pastor Marty Atkins newsletter and get connected. There's so many. As a matter of fact, my wife recently revamped and put some new energy towards a Facebook page that's dedicated to the women of South Beach Church. And, and as I was going through my Facebook friends and making sure some of the ladies that I know are added there, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how many gals there are at our church that are connected via Facebook. Just so, just hundreds hundreds of, of gals and there's there's guys we're working on a guy's Facebook page so we can stay connected and watch videos and, and, and get to know each other and stay strong during this time and I'm so encouraged by you guys here at South Beach Church and beyond there's lots of friends watching from all over the place and I encourage you don't forget our July 5x5 reading program is coming to an end uh, on the 31st we're going to start 1 Corinthians and right now today you should be in Luke 22 man get ready for that it's like 60 some verses long it's forever let me just say one thing about Luke 22 before you read that on your own in Luke 22 it's a long chapter the entire chapter though Jesus Christ is in control, absolutely in control. It's the triumphal entry. It's the preparation of the Passover meal. And one thing I would just point out, Jesus tells his disciples to go prepare the Passover meal. And he tells them where to go, when to go and how to go. And when they go and how they go and where they go is exactly as he said it would be. And what that speaks to you and me is, is even on the eve of Jesus' arrest, betrayal, persecution, and crucifixion and death, he knew what he was doing. He orchestrated the whole thing. He had, it all, he had it all under control. Do you realize that right now God has all the things in your life under control? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Today I had some friends that received bad news. Just hard news. I read the news and I instantly began to cry. And I texted them and reminded them and encouraged them that God is good. And they know it. They know God is good in in the hard stuff. And I would encourage you, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is right there with you. And as he orchestrated Jesus in Luke 22, even his death, he knew that it would lead to his burial and he knew it would lead to his resurrection. 
Stay strong, my friends. Stay hopeful. We're going to worship the Lord now. We're going to go into a time of seeking his face. And Ryan, once again, man, has done such a good job of putting this together for us to, to have opportunity to choose life, to choose worship, to choose obedience, to choose humility, to choose repentance, to choose to seek the Lord. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes as we pray right now. Jesus, we choose you. We choose you and we apologize for, Lord, we, I'll speak for myself, but I have not chosen you perfectly. Lord, I've chosen counterfeits and, and false, Lord, messiahs and functional saviors. And I've, ah, Lord, you're it. You're the one, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. Jesus, you then went on to say in John 14 that you're going away to prepare a place for us and you'd come back for us. And if it weren't so, you would have told us. And so, Jesus, we love you. We need you. Please help us. Minister to those who are hurting right now, Jesus. You know, you know what's going on. You know when they're listening to this and, and what they're going through. Would you minister to them even now as we sing to you? Set us free. Remind us and make us that true church of God that stands tall during a very dark time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
Well, everyone, once again, welcome back from worship. And I pray and hope that you are reminded of how good God is, that you gave him the worship and the honor that he is worthy of, and that you found yourself righted and reminded of what in the world is really going on. If you're a Christian, man, if you're really, truly seeking Jesus, this is imperative that you seek the Lord, that you study to show yourself approved, that you present yourself a worshiper, that you pray, that you continue, especially now that the times are, for us, stranger, darker, more difficult, weirder than ever before. So now's the time. So, hey, take your Bibles. Check this out. Check this out. Let me tell a quick story. This last week, I was at a pastor's conference. And on Monday, I was praying for an individual, a young pastor friend of mine, and I saw him and I began to pray. At the beginning of the conference, Pastor Rob Verdine prophesied over our group and he said, Lord, would you let words Would you let prophecy, would you let healing come from our tongues this week together? And and would you just let that be a gift that flows from us, not just tongues and heavenly languages, but prophecies, words for people. And so I was really excited to see how the Lord would use that. And I was praying for this particular gentleman. And I realized I could just sense that he was going through a difficult time. And so I prayed, Lord, what would you have me to share to my friend? And I want to share what God shared to him with you today because I sense that there might be some other people going through a difficult time. And I want to give to you, listen, a word of encouragement in a difficult time. You can even write that down if you're a note taker. That's kind of what's going on today. And so on Monday, the word was given to me for my friend and I committed. I'm going to tell him that when I get around to it. Monday came and went and actually Tuesday, I looked for an opportunity to share with my friend and he had a better countenance on his face and, and, and Tuesday came and went. And then Wednesday, the final day of the conference, and really the speaker was done and people were packing up and leaving. But I told my wife that I had a word and I committed to myself that I was going to share it before I left. And so I found this, this friend and I said, hey, God gave me a word for you. And the word was this, it's simple. Keep pressing on, keep pressing in because the Lord has good things in store for you. Keep pressing in, keep pressing on because the Lord has good things in store for you. Now, those are two separate messages. Sometimes we know we gotta keep pressing on and keep pressing in, but we don't really know. We don't really believe. We don't really hold on to, listen, the fact that God has good things in store for us. Or maybe it is that you actually do believe. God has good things in store for me. You, you lock that one away and you, you know his thoughts toward you, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. But listen, maybe you're failing in the pressing in and the pressing on. And maybe you're on the wall or on the couch, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for the Lord to give you good things. Because that's what he said he would do. Here's the deal. I believe it's a divine word. I know it was for him. And so here's what happened on Wednesday. Monday, God gave me the, the, the word, keep pressing in, keep pressing on, for I have good things in store for you. But on Wednesday, before I gave the word, I said, Lord, do you have a, do you have a verse for this? I, he hadn't given me a verse, do you have a passage? And almost instantly, the Lord gave me Jeremiah 29. But it wasn't Jeremiah 29, 11. You guys all know Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Thoughts of a future and a hope. What? That's like a hallmark standalone verse. Like, woohoo! But the context of Jeremiah 29, 11 is anything but a hallmark card. 
is actually a real dire time. The context, context is king, by the way. If you take verses out of context, they become contrary. They're not, they're not right. And, and here's the deal. The context of Jeremiah 29, 11 is a dark, difficult time, a time of discouragement and a time that wasn't exactly where God wanted, or should I say where the people didn't want themselves to be. They were going through difficulty and trial and testing. And just to make sure I'm talking to the right people here, make sure you're on my team. How many of you guys like trials, testing, temptations, and difficulties? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Just waiting. Anybody like difficulties and temptations? <laughs> Nobody wants that stuff, man. But here we are. Here we are. 2020 with some difficulties. Now, last week, just quick recap. Last week, we studied Luke chapter 11, the Lord's Prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And I, I pray that you've been praying. If you haven't been praying, I pray you've been, will be praying, okay? And repent if you're not praying. Pray, okay? And, and the week before, it wasn't about prayer, but it was about reading the Bible. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible about the Bible in Second Chronicles 34, Josiah finds the book and a revival starts. And so, listen, read your Bible and pray every single day and you'll be happy in Christ Jesus. For the note, you'll be happy in Christ Jesus. Read your Bible and pray every single day. But what else should we do? We keep pressing in. We keep pressing on because the Lord has good things in store for us. Even when it's dark, even when there's trials, even when there's difficulties, even because here's the deal. Here's the reality. Here's what's going on. God does some of his greatest works in the darkness. God speaks the loudest and most profound. Listen, when it's the quietest. God's light shines the brightest when it's pitch black. Quiet, pitch black, difficult days. God's might and his glory shine the brightest. I just promise you this. So right now, COVID-19, week 20, what in the world's going on? I don't want this to be this way anymore, but it is. What are you going to do? You're going to trust the Lord that what he does in these days is going to be worth it. And I'll tell you what, take your Bibles now and turn to Jeremiah 29, beginning at the very top as we read through and see what God has for us. It says, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Stop right there, eyes up here. This is Jeremiah 29. This is the middle of Jeremiah's book. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, he sends, Jeremiah does, a letter to the priests, to the captains, to, to the prophets, to the leaders, to the elders, to the people, listen, who had been carried away captive to Babylon. Stop right there, eyes up here. In verse one, it says carried away captive twice. Now you guys understand carried away captive is uh, better understood as bad days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, where's everybody at? Carried away captive to Babylon. <laughs> okay, that's a dark day. That's not, a, that's not, a, part, that's not a, a part in history you want to be a part of. And what's God do? He sends them the word. He sends them the word. The word of God is not chained. It's not limited. It'll find its way to you. God knows what he's doing. Why were they carried away? Why weren't they there? Why does it say that they were carried away twice? Here's the real deal. Because while this wasn't a joyful time for them, it was a necessary time. Because they were being disciplined. 
I just gotta make sure you understand the context for this story. The children of Israel had been taken away to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar for 70 years of punishment because you see, they had been rebellious. They hadn't sought the Lord with their whole heart, mind, and soul. They had allowed other things to creep into their lives and God had warned them with the prophets. You gotta get rid of that. You gotta stop that. You gotta knock that off. And they hadn't done it. So God says, hey, 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 listen. Essentially, you wanna worship false gods? Well, then I'm gonna take you to the kingdom of false gods. You wanna worship idols? Then I'm gonna take you to the idol capital, Babylon. Sometimes God disciplines us through our circumstances because we haven't been seeking him and we haven't been taking care of our lives. That's what's happening here contextually. So it's not joyful, listen, listen, but it is necessary. It is necessary for God to do the work in revealing himself to the people that have forgotten him. I want you to kind of write that down in your own words. Discipline and difficulty is necessary for God to reveal himself to you. It's not fun, it's not easy, but it's necessary to see God better, to get back to where you should be, to, to return. Why did I go captive? Why is this happening? Why, why a trial? Because God's gonna use it. As a matter of fact, write this down. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. It literally says, discipline is not joyful in the moment. <laughs> I'm not having fun. It's not fun. But the end is peaceable fruit, righteousness, a better vision, a better vantage point. Discipline Difficulty, trials, darkness, not fun, but it is what God must use in times of our lives where we're not focused on him, listen, to reveal himself to us. Wouldn't that be cool right now if instead of looking at Kate Brown or the coronavirus or mask on, mask off, if, all these things, if you just said, Lord, do I see you better? Lord, can I get closer to you? See, I believe the Lord right now is sifting the, the true church. True Christians are, are rooting down and fruiting out. Those who aren't believers, they're just spazzing out. Just, you do, the, you do the math, figure it out. You see, God has a way of getting the attention of his kids. He, he, he has a way of making sure that we see him better than when we did. And, and I don't even, man, I don't know how to ask these questions, but would you agree that you don't see God perfectly? Would you agree that there are areas in your life that God is, but you don't even know it? Remember that story in the Old Testament where Jacob is with the Lord and Jacob goes to bed, remember on a pillow? It's right around Exodus 28 or something like that. And he goes to bed on a pillow, on a rock. He's literally in between a rock and a hard place. And while he's there, he has that dream of Jacob's ladder and it's just this vision of heaven. And when he wakes up, remember what he says? Something profound. He said, behold, the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. And he names it Bethel, which is the house of God. God's here. Now, J- Jacob, Jacob realizes God was here the whole time and I didn't even see him. He had to sleep on a rock. I had to get a vision. Maybe God has you in a tough spot right now. And it feels like you're sleeping on rock pillows and things are just dreamy and you're foggy in your head. God's showing you something. See, God has a way of getting our attention and he has a way of just letting us get to the end of ourselves. I want you to know something right now is if you're like most people, oh man, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's angry. Everyone's got their, their thing that they want to make sure everyone else knows about. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. You drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? Oh man, it's this. Listen, 
God is doing things vertically. Don't get sucked into the things horizontally. You guys remember the story where Jesus was walking right after he rose from the dead, Easter Sunday, on the way to Emmaus with those two guys that were super bummed out, man. The conspiracy, the government had taken away their savior. Remember that? And you know what Jesus didn't rush to do is to fix it. But instead, listen, Jesus walked with those guys. They were mad when he met them. And as they walked with them, Jesus, listen, made them even more mad. What I mean by that is this. Remember, Jesus said, what's wrong? Why are you guys so sad? And they looked at him. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? You don't know what's going on. He said, no, tell me. (laughs) And then they went on to talk about the disappointment they were facing. And Jesus just kept listening. Really? Sounds tough. Tell me more. And Jesus began to then teach them the Bible. And the story goes, as they got to their destination, Jesus kept walking. He's like, see ya. And they said, no, 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 no. Something. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. And they wanted more of whatever he had. Now, Jesus was messing with them. They were walking in darkness. They were in the testing time. They didn't see it. Jesus could have fixed it immediately, but he didn't. Instead, he wanted them. Listen, listen, listen. He wanted them to want him. What if right now you're waiting for phase two or three or something, another stimulus check, and, and the Lord's walking right there with you? And he's like, you know, we're just going to keep walking. Until you want me. I just want you to want me. And so Jesus was invited by those guys and they wanted more of him. They still weren't satisfied. They, they wanted more. Did you? It's kind of like going to Costco. You ever go to Costco before? When you go to Costco, they give you those samples. You ever had a sample at Costco? Man, they're, they're devious, those samples. You know why? Because they don't satisfy you. They don't give you enough to satisfy you. They just give you enough to make you mad, listen, and want more. And you're like, mm. and you're kind of happy, but you're not really happy because you want more, but you're not going to be that guy that like changes your hat backwards and gets more. You have to, man, now what do I do? It's like, well, ask where they are. Where are these? And they tell you where they're at and then you go buy them. That's what a sample does. And Jesus right now is working with you and working with me in an effort to get us, where do I get more of this? Can I, can I buy into this? Yes, you can. And you guys remember the, Luke 24, Jesus then broke bread with them. And he prayed and when he gave the food to them and they ate it, their eyes were open. It's Jesus. And their whole lives changed. They stood up there and they traveled seven miles back to Jerusalem. Guys, God is in the business of examining your life and seeing what's stealing your joy, what's inhibiting your vision. And here's the part I want you to grasp. And then he'll mess with you. (laughs) He's okay with it. He's having a good time. He lets Jacob go to bed on a rock and have a dream and wake up and realize God was in this place the whole time and I didn't know it. He walks with the boys on the way to Emmaus and that was Jesus the whole time. We didn't know it. God has a way of getting our attention. He has a way of revealing himself to us and it's not always fun. You guys remember our our buddy Jonah? (laughs) Remember Jonah? God wanted to use Jonah and he gave him a clear message and, and Jonah just wasn't willing to participate. And so God quarantined Jonah for three days in the belly of a whale. Remember that? And Jonah, Jonah, he finally repents. He says, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I see you. I want to see you. I want to be used by you. And he, I don't think Jonah even thought he was going to get out of that thing alive. I don't think he ever thought he was going to get to phase two and get barfed up on the beach. I thought he was just, it's donezo. But instead, Jonah, when push came to shove in the trial, after he was carried away, things weren't going right. He repented. He said, Lord, behold, salvation is of the Lord. And God, he puked him out and used him. Wouldn't it be awesome if the Lord's just messing with you right now? Check this out. I want you to just 
zoom in, time out, whatever. It's not just you. It's not just your family. It's not just me. It's not just the church. Did you know that right now, <laughs> this test and, and other tests are worldwide? They, they always have been, but now it's just kind of, we're all linked together with this corona thing. God is working on and allowing difficult times, trials, temptations, and tests to reveal himself to the heart of man. Remember Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar, it's actually the same context and storyline of Jeremiah 29, but, but in Babylon. And, and in chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar is living with Daniel and he, he's hearing about God and he kind of gives his life to God a little bit, but then something weird happens with Nebi and he, and, he, and he loses his mind. Remember that story? He gets all prideful and he turns into a weird beastly animal. And for seven years, seven years, that's a long time. It's not a little time, it's a long time. He goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But then, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it to you. This is Daniel chapter four and it's verse 34. Check, check this out, just one verse. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the most high God and praised and honored him who lives forever for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. He goes on to continue to wax eloquently praising the Lord. At the end of the time, what time? The difficult time. The quarantine, seven years, man. The guy's out in the fields until God was revealed to him and he looked up. Christian, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, the offer and invitation is wide open. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn of me, for I am gentle and meek and lowly of heart. Okay, take my yoke upon you. Jesus is inviting people. And for you who are Christians, Jesus is saying, it's not in the things of the world, guys. Put your eyes on me individually, like Jonah, like Jacob, like the boys on the road to Emmaus, like Nebi, King Nebuchadnezzar. God wants to take you and do a work in you. Listen, this is the only thing, revealing himself to you. Because once God shows himself to you, then and really only then, can he use you to do a work to show himself to others. Guys, this is all in verse one. It says, now these are the words of the letter. Verse one again, <laughs> I got to hustle here. <laughs> that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder, listen, the elders who were carried away captive, priests, prophets, and people. This message is not just to the elders and the prophets and the priests, but to the people. The word of God was given to everybody. I'm so thankful for the staff here at South Beach Church. We have six pastors other than myself and two support staff. And I'm so excited to see God grow in their lives and use them as they continue upward, connect with God. And as they continued inward and support each other and bless each other and serve each other and then shine their light outward to the rest of the world. But it's not just us, it's Christians. It's the church. It's everyone. These guys are all in Babylon, all messed up. Look at verse two. This is exciting. I gotta, I gotta talk fast now, so listen, listen faster. It says, this happened after Jeconiah, the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah, and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, and the smiths. I think that might be John and Deb. I'm not positive. But the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. So now verse two, Jeremiah is a good scholar, and he writes, and he says, by the way, guys, this is after the queen mother, after Jeconiah, after the, the silversmiths and the craftsmen, and, and all these guys went in the, in the eunuchs and the, and the captains. Everybody's in Jerusalem. Let me say it this simply. This pandemic in that day affected everybody. Normal people, the smiths, that means the, the, the blacksmiths that would work on the metal, 
the cobbler guys, the craftsmen, just normal working guys, everybody's affected. Whether you're an essential worker or rendered a non-essential worker and you're unemployed, everybody's affected by this. But listen, everybody has a purpose. Why are they listed here? I don't know, Jeremiah listed it because you're important. You're important. Right now, you're an important person. John and Deb, you're important. The Smiths, man, the, the craftsmen, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the, 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 the captains, the no, everybody. Don't discount yourself. If you're looking right now at me, Pastor Luke Fischel, I hope Luke Fischel figures it out, opens up church and does something special, you know? Listen, I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to see Jesus better. I'll open the church when it's time, okay? It'll be obvious. I told you that a thousand weeks ago. It'll be obvious, okay? But what I want you to do is I want you to see Jesus too. I don't want you to be caught not getting closer to him. Don't be like Nebuchadnezzar. Don't, don't, don't wait too long to look up and see Jesus. Don't be like Jonah, <laughs> staying too long in the belly. Don't be like Jacob. Oh my gosh, God was here the whole time. I didn't even know it. What? Don't do that. Okay, check this out. Check this out. You got to, anyways, keep going, keep going. Look at verse three. This is so fun. It's so exciting. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gamariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, and then the letter starts. Stop right there. I'm so glad that Jeremiah included these guys. Did you guys see this? Elasa and Gamariah. Elasa and Gamariah. Did you see that? Ela- you guys don't know who Elasa and Gamariah are. You've never heard of them, right? Of course you have. I just read their names to you, right? No, no. Elasa and Gamariah. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Sounds like I'm saying Gargamel, you know, Gamariah. These two guys, listen. Stop right there, as of here. These two guys are given the letter <laughs> from Zedekiah, King Zedekiah. Take this to all these people in Babylon. Did you just say take this to Babylon? <laughs> yeah, okay. Babylon is 900 miles away. I'm just going to be honest. That's a long ways. That would be like me saying, hey, can you come over to my house real quick? I got something for you. And you show up to my house in Agate Beach and I give you like a bucket of paint or something like that. I'm like, hey, can you just run this down to San Diego? <laughs> and you're like, oh, say what, bro? And I'm like, San Diego, like 900 miles. Can you imagine walking to San Diego right now? It'd actually not be that hard. I'm just going to be honest compared to them. Because you got like I-5, you got 101, you got rest stops. Man, it's, you got Starbucks in every major city. You got some hitchhike. You got, it's, it's not that hard. You could actually do it. Don't do it, but you could do it. These guys show up. dun 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 Alasa, Gamaria, can you guys just run this quickly over to the guys in Babylon? <laughs> now, this is where it gets even better. Please pay attention. Bible students especially, lean into this. Did you notice... You don't know who Gamaria and Elasa are. They've never been mentioned. But did you notice their dads are mentioned? Did you notice that? It says Shaphan and Hilkiah. Shaphan and Hilkiah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that great? Right? I know you're falling off your couch right now. You're like, Shaphan and Hilkiah. Like, you guys are tripping. Everyone's freaking out. I'm freaking out too. Remember? Shaphan and Hilkiah. Come on, tell me you remember. Two weeks ago, we learned about Shaphan and Hilkiah. They were in 2 Chronicles 34. Shaphan and Hilkiah, their dads, they showed up to church one day and they're cleaning stuff up and they're doing remodel for Josie boy, Josiah. And Shaphan and Hilkiah found the word of God and they delivered it to Josiah. And a revival happened. You guys remember Shaphan, Hilkiah? Okay, listen, let me, let me connect the dots. Shaphan and Hilkiah were Bible guys. And you know what came out of their lineage? Bible guys. Here's some good news. If you're a Bible guy, or if you're a Bible gal, 
you're raising up right now Bible guys and Bible gals. And if you, as a mom or dad, be a Bible guy, be a Bible gal, and you will see Bible guys and Bible gals come from your life. Not just your bio kids, but the kids that you teach at Sunday school or youth camps or the kids that I'm going to connect with this week at campsolo.net or all the people that are reached in missionary journeys. What you sow will not return void, but the word of God will accomplish that which God has sent it out to do. Isaiah 55. I want to encourage you moms and dads. I don't know if Shaphan and, have I been saying that right? Shaphan, Fonzie, and all those guys, Shaphan and Hilkiah. I don't know if these guys knew that their kids, Elasa and Gamaria, were going to turn out to be Bible guys, but they were the ones that delivered this letter. It's not always easy, is it? You have kids right now? Maybe doing Bible study with them is not easy. Maybe you have family devotional time, and the kids are like, ah, gag me with a spoon, or maybe it's Sunday morning, like, all right, kids, come on, nobody eats breakfast till Pastor Luke's done. Maybe it's hard. Let me just encourage you. The word of God is the truth. It's the way, it's the life. It's going to produce fruit eventually. I don't know the whole storyline here, but I do know this. Your influence, your impact right now matters. What you do, what you care about, what you believe in is being watched, looked at, discerned, and it's ultimately being adopted. Fun story. Today I was studying in my den upstairs and I heard the sound of a vacuum. It was a odd rare sound because I'd never heard it outside of my own usage outside in the garage. And so I looked out the window and my Tahoe had all four doors opened up and the back hatch open. And there was my 12 year old son, Noah Frechette, vacuuming out my Tahoe. And I saw all the debris and chaos from inside the Tahoe out on the ground. And he was deep detailing it. And I didn't ask him, I was, what's going on? What's going on? Something got into him. He's seen me deep detail the Tahoe before. He knows how to do it. I've asked him to do it. And when I ask my kids to detail the Tahoe, man, it actually comes out dirtier than when I started. Scratches everywhere and dents. Man, it's not, and kids are mad. Something happened today, though. He got something. He said, you know what? I'm, I don't know what happened, but he, but he decided to do it himself. And he came up with this big smile on his face. Dad, I detailed your Tahoe. And I, I said, I, I, I'm excited. I want to see. And he actually did a really good job. No, he did a great job. He's sitting right here watching church with me this morning. Here's my point. What you teach your kids to do, especially the most important things, okay, they're going to do. Shaphan, Hilkiah, we're Bible guys. Now, check this out. Let's, let's switch narratives and, and direction. Shaphan and Hilkiah, good job. But now we've got Elasa and Gamaria. And these guys say, we'll do it. We'll be Bible guys in their assignment. Walk 900 miles. No Starbucks, no I-5, no 101. As a matter of fact, I tried to, <laughs> I used my MapQuest today. You can do it on your own and check it out. It's kind of funny. And I tried to navigate on my MapQuest from Jerusalem. And I typed in Baghdad or Iraq or Babylon. And no matter what I typed in, it's like, we can't help you, sir. <laughs> There's no routes for that, sir. You're going to have to look somewhere else, sir. And Siri wouldn't do it for me. What would that be like? Ezra, when he did the journey, vice versa, from Babylon to Jerusalem, took him over four months. <laughs> I just want to say this, by the way. If you want to be a Bible guy, be a Bible gal, okay? Go into it for the long haul. It's not just, sometimes people say, I want to be a, I want to be a pastor, sounds fun. I want to be a pastor, sounds fun. Did you know that this August marks our 10-year anniversary here at South Beach Church? We moved over here August 29th, and the first Sunday was in September. And, and before that, I was in the ministry for 10 years in Ashland. That's 20 years. 
and I'm still pretty young. I'm only 20 years old right now, or 42. And, and I'm, it's for the long haul, and it's faithfulness. If you want to be a missionary, good. If you want to be a Sunday school teacher, great. If you want to be a pastor, awesome. Start studying, seeking, searching out the scriptures right now. Let's keep going, because I, I got some more work here, and really only like five more minutes, but we're going we're gonna to do this. Well, the letter was sent. Here's the letter. Verse four, thus says the Lord of hosts. Wow, those big words from Jeremiah. The God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Stop right there, eyes up here. We already talked about this idea that they've been carried away. That's not good. But now we see God actually take ownership of that. And he says, you were carried away, I caused it. What? I caused you to be carried away. Why? Because God wanted to reveal himself to them in a deeper way, and they weren't willing to see it any other way. That was the whole reason. Now, let me just, that's context. Let me just put it into our own application. A lot of people have asked me over the last 20 weeks, Luke, do you think COVID is from God? And I've actually responded quickly, no, COVID's not from God. But you know what? COVID was allowed by God. The pandemic, the, the government rulers we have, they're not from God, but they're allowed by God. The decisions that are made top down, the restrictions, the stuff, it might not be from God, but it's allowed by God. Well, why? Why would he do this? Why would he? He didn't do this, but he allowed it because God sees like biofocal lenses. He's able to see down and close and near and far and deep and wide. And he sees what this is. Oh, this is horrible. But he sees what this is going to bear in you. Discipline difficulty, trial tests, creating a taste in your mouth that might even make you angry or frustrated. Where do I get more of this? How, where do I find this? Oh, it's right around there. Go, go get more. Yes, yes, we got you. And the Lord right now is separating those who are his and those who are not his. And he's building in you a deeper hunger for the things of God. Now, let me just go ahead and talk about that. So is COVID from God? Would, would God use COVID in this way? See, God didn't tell me if COVID's from him. I don't know. It's like when people say it isn't or it is, they don't know. But I do know this, God's using it. He's using it. He's, I love church. I can't wait to get back to very, very similar to the way we were meeting. But if the Lord doesn't love it the way I do, if the Lord sees things differently than I do, if the Lord wants a shake up, to wake up, to make up, to take up. Yeah, yeah, you remember that? If, if, if that's what the Lord wants, then so be it. Now, contextually, that means what's happening here, and we'll apply it to our own life. Why would God carry them to Babylon? Number one, three things. Number one, three, three, three things. Number one, to work sin out of them. They, would need, they needed to be disciplined. They had idolatry in their heart. The idolatry simply means this, that you have anything other than God as a functional savior in your life to bring you that joy, peace, and deep satisfaction that comes from the Lord. Anything other than God that you're looking to, it could be an activity, it could be a relationship, it could be your health, it could be a, 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 a substance or abuse or something, anything else, and God says, that's an idol. That's just become an idol to you. That, that image, that thing, that activity. And these guys needed, listen, sin worked out of them. Do you have any sin that's getting worked out of you? Do you have any sin that needs to get worked out? Go ahead and raise your hand up super high so we can see you. I'm just playing. Just play hit like. Hit, hit like if you're a sinner. Man, what? Yeah, check this out. Not just were they in Babylon to get sin worked out of them, but listen, to get faith worked into them. God is going to build them up. 
to release them. He had plans for them, a future and hope. We, we know that. He's getting stuff out of them. He's working things into them. And right now in this pandemic, God is strengthening your faith muscle. You're not going to come out of this thing a baby. I'm serious. You're going to come out of this thing a giant. You're going to come out of this thing yoked spiritually. He's working sin out of you. He's working faith into you. And he wants to, listen, shine the light through you. Faith go in, sin goes out, light comes from to the rest of the world. Right now, God is using the Christians to shine bright. Everyone else is spazzing out. They don't got good answers. They want to protest. They want to riot. They want to legislate. They want to change. They want to blah, 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 you know. Some of that stuff needs to happen, by the way. But really, our peace and our hope lies in the Lord. God takes ownership of this. I have caused you to be carried away. Now, here's the directive. I want you to, I'm just going to read this quickly, but I want you to see this. They're in Babylon. They're on quarantine, house arrest, 70 years. So what's God say to do to them during their time of testing? Verse five, build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and daughters and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Stop right there, eyes up here. What? Now, can you imagine you're in Babylon? You're a Jew. You got taken there unlawfully by Babylon, by Nebuchadnezzar, by the Syrians, you're all messed up. And you're there, and, and these guys, Elasa and, and, and Gamaria, they show up and they say, da, 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 here's the word of the Lord. All right, let's see what God's gonna do. Buy houses and dwell in them and plant gardens. Huh, get married, have kids. And when your kids, get, have, have them get married and have kids, well, how long are we gonna be here? Well, did you see what this said? Did you read this? This says to buy houses and plant gardens and get married and wait for us to have kids and our kids to get. That's for the long haul. That's there. <laughs> that's 70 year plan. Okay. That's, that's the long haul. Here, here's the general principle. Embrace it. Embrace it. What, why? Because once you embrace it, it'll bear fruit. Once you embrace it and accept what it is right now, whatever's going on in your life, maybe you're single, embrace it. Maybe you're freshly divorced and just super wounded and you don't even know what happened to your life and it's all, listen, embrace the grace. Ask God to heal you. Just embrace it. It is what it is. Embrace it. Don't be bitter. Don't be all bummed out and broken and resistant and waiting for things to end. They might not end until something gets worked in you, until something gets worked out of you, until God shines the light through you. Embrace it. <laughs> he literally tells them to buy houses and plant gardens. You guys ever garden before? My wife and I planted some stuff this year because it's COVID-19 and we didn't plant anything last year. We were too busy. This year we're like, you know what? We're going to be around for a little bit. Might as well plant something. And so we got a garden now. We're out there watering it and stuff. And man, I'm growing things and cutting my yard. We're just, we're just embracing it. We're doing stuff. This is what he says to them. Have that ministry mindedness. Locally, there at your house and with your kids and ministry, all kinds of things you can see in here. Verse seven. And actually this, to be honest with you, when my friend was when, I was, when I was given the word for my friend this week, it was this verse right here. All the rest is just kind of me talking a lot. Verse seven, and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. Now the context of this is they're in Babylon with a bunch of bad guys. And God says, yeah, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? A bunch of bad guys, a bunch of rioters and a bunch of looters and a bunch of protesters and, and a bunch of doctors, a bunch of politicians and, and a bunch of local and state and in and, and federal government people and a bunch of things un, misunderstood. You know what? Yeah. Would you just pray for them? What? That's what he says. 
He says, in Babylon, pray for the Babylonians and for the peace of Babylon. <laughs> for in Babylon's peace, you shall have peace. What? This is maybe the direct opposite of what you've been doing. Maybe you're mad, angry, frustrated. I'm so, this is so wrong. It's all wrong. This is, by the way, this is all wrong. Okay. <laughs> but God was doing something deeper. He wanted to do a work in them to reveal himself to their hearts. And God's going to use whatever means he can. You think COVID's bad? <laughs> this is bad. Look, it, it gets better though. We've got a few more verses and we're done. I'm bringing in the plane for a landing right now. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your own dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. In other words, he's clarifying. There is a real message and a false one. Okay, make sure you find the, the real one. Verse 10, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. What? After 70 years, guys, that's news, not good news or bad news, that's kind of bad news. But God says, I got a plan. I'm gonna come after 70 years and I'll bring you home. I've got an eternal destination for you. I'm doing things right now. Be of good cheer. Look at verse 11. This is the verse we all love and memorize. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, when you just look at that verse alone, it sounds so cool. God's just so generous and kind. But he's saying that to a group of people that are very tested. It's very difficult. It's very dark. And God says, I know. You're here, Jonah. You're here, Nebuchadnezzar. You're here, boys, on the road to Emmaus. You're here, Jacob so I can do a work in you. I have thoughts for you, a future and a hope. That's God's doing, God's prerogative, God's agenda. What's mine? Pray for the peace of the city you live in, for in its peace you shall have peace. Embrace it, settle in, bear some fruit, grow a garden, okay? A spiritual garden, become fruitful. The fruit of the spirit is love and peace and joy and patience and kindness and gentleness and meekness. Did you know that if you remain unfruitful during this time, you may have to go one more lap around the block? God looks at you, huh, there's no fruit in your life. But I'm a Christian, man, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Jesus is real, man, I got a bracelet from Pastor Luke, you know. Is there any fruit in your life? Fruit, bear fruit, embrace it. As a matter of fact, look at the next three verses and we're done, okay? Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place, listen, from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Stop right there, eyes up here, closing thoughts. God told them, told us what he's gonna do. I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of a future. I'm going to, like the word I gave to my friend, press in, press on, for I have good things in store for you. Oh, good things in store for you? Cool, cool, cool. Like what? Don't worry about it. You press in and press on. And God says right here what I want you to do. You seek me with all your face. You seek me with all your heart. You look for me and you're going to find me. You do these things. I'll do what I do. You do what I've called you to do. My wife sent me a text earlier. I'm going to read it to you. It's a quote from Kevin DeYoung. And it says, shallow Christianity will not last in the coming generation and it will not grow. Cultural Christianity is fading. The church in the 21st century must go big on truth 
or go home. I'm not God. I don't really know what's going on. I, I can't say for certain that what is going, but I do know principles. The real church, God's church, will be pruned. It will be refined. The roots will be forced to go down in a droughtful season. The fruits will be examined. There will be that purpose. That which is not of the Lord, it, it won't last. It, the cultural Christianity, shallow Christianity, it's done. It's done, Christian. And what God is looking for is for men and women that say, Lord, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who, to whom shall we go? Lord, give us eyes to see you in this dark time. And as I mentioned earlier, the invitation is open. Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, orchestrating his own death and his own arrest, orchestrating it all and coming on the very perfect day. He says, oh, oh well, let me pray now, Lord. And on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And instantly, he gave forgiveness to the thief on his right side. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Right now, wherever you're at, did you know if you need forgiveness, if you need help, if you need assistance, if you're all messed up spiritually, call upon Jesus. Okay, he will freely, freely intervene. He will freely give of himself. This is what he ever lives to do, is to intercede on your behalf, to help you out right where you're at. He, he wants to. Don't not press in, but instead press in. And you might say to yourself, even at the end of the service, behold, God was here the whole time and I didn't even know it. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you, may he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. May he use us. May he work the sin out of our life and may he work the faith into our life and may he shine the light through our lives. Guys, would you bow your heads and pray right now with me in closing? Jesus, we thank you for this encouraging message in difficult days that Lord, you know the thoughts you have for us. That's the future, that's cool. But Lord, you're also willing to say, I've carried you to this captivity. I've done this. I've done this in order that I might do a work, that I might rid you of your idolatrous heart, that I might break you down in order to build you up and to bear fruit. And if you're here right now and you would just confess, Lord, do a deeper work in me. Break me down, expose that sin, work in me faith, Lord, and shine light through me. If that's you, would you raise up your hand right now and say, yes, Lord, come into my whole life. Take away, Lord, the distractions. Prune me, as it says in John 15. Save me, Lord, as you've mentioned in John 3. Give me a regenerated heart. Forgive me of my sins. Take me to heaven when I die. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Get saved today. Let us know you got saved. Just send us a, an email. Just let us know I gave my life to Jesus today. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We repent. You can put your hands down. We repent collectively. And we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord, we say collectively, until we see you the way you want to be seen. Would you do that? Thank you for your great patience. It's demonstrated throughout the scriptures. You're so good. You're so patient. You're so creative. You're so kind. Each one of us in our own little Babylon mess right now. But Lord, would you reveal yourself to us until you're pleased? We want to see. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Guys, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where we're going, okay? But the Lord has asked me to embrace it, to bear fruit, to take it seriously, to press in, press on, for there are good things in store both temporally and eternally. Don't forget it. 
Now's the time to shine. Now's the time to get rid of those idols and let the Lord break your heart for what breaks His and to get excited about what the Lord's excited about. Are there distractions right now all around us? So many. Don't get distracted. Ask the Lord to give you a sensitivity to the counterfeits of this world and instead to give you a heightened excitement and joy and a sensitivity for who he is and what he's doing. I love you guys very much. Email us at southbeachchurch at gmail.com, especially if you just gave your life to Jesus Christ. Let us know. We'd like to send you some stuff. We'll send you some resources, some links, a brand new Bible. We'll send you everything we got, man. We'll hook up with you and see what's going on. We love you guys. Keep praying. Keep pressing in. God knows what he's doing. This is super fun if you keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you guys. We'll see you very soon. Thank you.